Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Sherborne Voices podcast, a new podcast for Sherborne and the surrounding villages, which we hope will be fun and informative. My name's Sue Hill and I'll be your host for this episode in which we will bring you an update from Sherborne Library, some information from Tinney's Youth and Community Centre in Sherborne. Given that we have an easing of restrictions since Monday and there will be more things going on at both these places, I have a couple of what's-ons and some information that I have gleaned from national and local sources. And we're going to start today by talking about Milbourne Port's Scarecrow Festival, about which I knew nothing. And I had a conversation with Susan from Spirit of Milbourne Port last weekend to find out what the festival is all about. Susan, thanks for joining me on this very first episode of Sherborne Voices podcast. And you're going to tell me all about the Scarecrow Festival in Milbourne Port. Now, how did it first start? Well, it started, as most good things do, a conversation between friends in the pub. Claire and Andy were reminiscing about the days of the village fair. They felt that it was such a good time when they were younger and they wanted to recreate the same experience for friends and family that they remembered. Oh, so there was a fair before the Scarecrow Festival? Fair carnival fate. Yes, there had been quite a successful um, small-scale carnival fair in Milbourne Port, but it had dwindled as People had found other things to other things to do with their weekends. As you know, these things take a lot of organisation, and there weren't the people with the energy around to carry on the original carnival. But there we are. We are so lucky here in Milbourne Port that this particular scheme got off the ground. So the Spirit of Melbourne Port was born and it is an organisation working together for the community, Melbourne Port, Melbourne Wick um, and further afield. And the Scarecrow Festival is the week before the fair at the Village Wreck and party in the port. Better and better, so there's more to come. There's a theme each year for the Scarecrow Festival, isn't there? Yes, indeed. There is um, a theme every year for the Scarecrow Festival. This year it's sport and um, any sport or uh, sports person. But the wonderful thing is the creativity of the people in the village because we have a theme and you go around looking at the scarecrows and there are some very amusing and ride takes on the theme. This year it's sport and um, as we've promoted it, people have asked whether Egg and spoon is a sport. Um, The debate over darts and chess, are they a sport? And I'm sure that, again, we're going to get a really wide range of ideas on a thing. Sounds really fun. I love the idea of of scarecrows and all being dressed up according to a theme. So how do people get involved? I mean, if people want to take part, they probably already know how, how... they need to do that but tell us anyway and how do people get the opportunity to to visit and see all the scarecrows spirit of milbourne port 
has a Facebook page and so many people in the village know to keep an eye on that uh, at certain times of the year so that they find out what the theme is. Also there's um, a couple of addresses in the village, 26 Wheat Hill Way, 7 Victoria uh, Terrace, that's in Newtown and we're also advertising it at the weekly Saturday market once you've seen the range of scarecrows, the different materials people have used, the different uh, interpretations of what a scarecrow actually is, then people get braver about their own ideas. Um, last year, we had 134 incredible number of scarecrows. That's amazing. I, I don't know why I, I didn't know anything about it, but I would really like to come and see them. How do I find out where each and each one is? The reason why we ask people to fill in entry forms uh, is so that they can take part in the competition. Um, the first prize being to switch on the Christmas lights, but also so that we know where the scarecrows are. So that if you've got a scarecrow in a slightly unusual nook or cranny of the village, there's a map to help you travel around and find all the scarecrows that have been entered. I love the idea of the first prize being something to do within the village, switching on the Christmas lights. I think I think that's a lovely idea and, and continues the idea of, of community spirit, doesn't it? OK, so there's a map. Who do I get this map from? Maps are available from uh, the same addresses, 26 Wheat Hill Way and 7 Victoria Terrace. But they'll also be available at the Saturday Market at the library and at uh, Wayne's The Butchers. I'm getting very excited about this. And can people visit any time? Uh, you better tell us what the dates are. Obviously, within uh, the rules and regulations of our modern time, you can visit any time to walk around uh, the village and look at the scarecrows. Um, Millwallport is quite a big village, so so you might want to give yourself a little bit of time or even make a couple of trips to have a look at the scarecrows. The entry forms need to be returned by the 22nd of May to give us time to put together the map so that uh, you can walk around and look at the displays. You can put your scarecrows out any time, but I would look at the weather. The wind can be vicious on scarecrows. Um, the Scarecrow Festival itself is from Thursday the 27th of May through to the following Thursday uh, judging, judging on Thursday the 3rd of June but scarecrows staying up until the end of the following weekend giving ample time for everyone to have a look. Well you've got a convert here I didn't know anything about it but I shall certainly be coming to, to see all these scarecrows and I'll uh, look forward to hearing which is the winner. So thanks very much Susan for telling us about it and giving us some background to it that's really helpful and really inspiring I feel it's quite heartwarming to hear about it. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to chatting about all the other wonderful things that happen in Millwall Port. Susan Boyce there telling me about the Scarecrow Festival in Milbourne Port. And if you live in Milbourne Port and you haven't yet got your application in for the Scarecrow Festival, you've got until the 22nd and you can pick up the forms 
from 7 Victoria Terrace or 26 Wheat Hill Way. And if, like me, you want to go and visit them between the 27th of May and the 3rd of June, then we can get a map of where all the scarecrows will be from those two addresses, 7 Victoria Terrace, 26 Wheat Hill Way, but also at the Saturday Market in Milbourne Port, at Wayne's the Butcher and at the Library in Milbourne Port. And I think it sounds like a splendid thing to support. I'll put those contact details on Sherborne Voices podcast website so that you can pick them up if you missed them just now. Here's a quick update from Grace at Sherborne Library to tell us what's going on now. Hello everyone, this is Grace here from Sherborne Library. We are open to our normal pre-COVID opening times again, which are Mondays from 10 until 6.30, Tuesdays 9.30 till 1.30, Thursdays 9.30 till 6.30, Fridays 9.30 until 5.30 and Saturdays from 9.30 until 4. For those who haven't been back in to see us yet, please know that you are able to come in to browse for books and that we can order books in from our neighbouring authorities for you. There's also access to computers, printing and photocopying, although we are running fewer computers to allow for social distancing. So we would recommend giving us a ring and booking a time slot to make sure there is one available for you when you want to come. The library telephone number is 01935 812683. So feel free to get in touch. The library does have to participate in the NHS test and trace scheme, so we are required to ask you to either scan the QR code or provide us with a name and telephone number when entering the building. And we do ask all adults to wear masks if they can. We have hand sanitizer ready and we are still following the relevant social distancing and hygiene guidance. For the most up-to-date information about the library, please see the Dorset Libraries pages on the Dorset Council website and there's also Dorset Libraries social media or just feel free to drop in and see us. Next time I will hopefully be able to bring you details of our events and activities for starting, fingers crossed. But for now this has been Grace from Sherborne Library for Sherborne Voices podcast. Thank you Grace for that update and we hope to hear from you very soon with all sorts of information. Now Grace did that recording for us just on her mobile phone so don't feel you have to have expensive new equipment to be able to contribute an item to the podcast. We want to hear from as many people as possible so if you have a story to tell get in touch. You can email me sue at sherbornevoicespodcast.com and we'll take it from there. And while we're on the subject of the library, I'm always talking about the e-magazines that you can get at the library or through the library. The library or the council uh, has recently moved their magazine and newspaper content to a different provider and you will probably find you have to sign up with it again. But if you go to the Dorset Library website, you could sign up and then log on to have access to an even bigger range of magazines. And there are daily newspapers available as well. It was quite a lifeline, I think, in lockdown. And it's also really wonderful to be able to access the odd magazine when you just want to flick through something idly. Uh, and magazines are so expensive now that it's it's great that the library offers us this free service. Go to www.dorsetcouncil.gov.uk and then you can search for the page on libraries. 
As a result of the easing of COVID restrictions, Southwestern Railways have issued a new timetable from uh, last Sunday, I think. I didn't see any paper timetables when I looked in at the station the other day, but there is a version on the website. If you go to www.southwesternrailway.com, you'll find, if you scroll down, that there is a version of the pocket timetable between Exeter and Waterloo available there for you to check. It looks to me as if there are trains once an hour, uh, much as they were before the pandemic. But it's worth checking if you're planning on travelling by train and haven't done for a while. And in connection with that, from yesterday, the 18th of May, for three days, South Street in Sherbourne is going to be closed according to a sign. <laughs> I have no more information. So that may affect people coming into Sherbourne or indeed going to catch a train. Many of you in Sherbourne and possibly beyond will have been regular users of Tinney's Youth and Community Centre, uh, which has of course been closed for several months. So I caught up with Sue Thomas-Peter, who is involved with the running of Tinney's and asked her to give us a rundown on what we can expect to be able to do there now. Sue, you're telling me that Tinney's is going to be opening again. Yes, that's absolutely true. And we're delighted about it, Sue. Because the situation is so much more encouraging, from Monday the 17th, we will be able to open under exactly the same conditions as operated in the autumn. And we've been busy these last couple of weeks making certain that we've had a, a thorough clean of the, of the place and um, checking all the precautions are in place. And so on Monday and next week, we'll have a, a good number of people who regularly come to join us coming back again to enjoy their activities. That's very reassuring, I think, Sue, for, for people. And you, you were telling me before we started recording this that there is a formula for checking how many people can be in a venue. Now, I didn't know about that. And I think that might be quite useful for listeners to know a little bit about so that it's another way of reassuring people that venues are as safe as they possibly can be. Uh, yes, Sue, so, um, you know, the government were very concerned about overcrowding. Obviously, it had to be the case in um, venues like ours that people were properly spaced out and had at least two metres. So um, essentially what they asked us to do was to look at the size of the room and then to use a, a particular formula which would give you the number of people that were allowed to use it. So in our case, in our hall, for example, if we wanted properly socially distanced, then the maximum for class would be 15 people and that meant that they could have um, a properly spaced um, opportunity to do their activities movement maybe or aerobics without compromising the rest of the people who uh, came along and um, joined in the class with them and many of our users and group leaders have actually been well, very, very accommodating. And some of them have even split their classes into two so that they're able to still offer opportunity and activity for people, but be able to comply with the regulations about social distancing. So that seems to have worked very well. 
But it will be very nice, of course, in the future when we can have the normal number of people back to classes and they can socialise before and after in the way that they do and which, you know, often adds to their enjoyment. It isn't just about the activity. It's often about um, coming along and meeting up with friends and and socialising as well as doing a bit of exercise or, you know, doing an activity that you enjoy. So we look forward to getting back to that. I imagine people are really looking forward to getting back into uh, the activities that they were enjoying before all of this happened. But it's also very important for people getting back into doing their their jobs, uh, those that are self-employed and getting some earnings again. We're hoping that by the 21st of June that many of the restrictions will be able to be lifted and the classes and activities at Denny's will be much the same as they always were, which will be brilliant for everyone who enjoys their activities during the day which is many of the U3A group and other exercise classes. We have some new yoga classes starting with us next week. We've we'll had yoga before but this time a new in- instructor coming to join us. Then we can get back to having sort of several users um, occupying the building at the same time. Currently we have to be careful and just have only one group at a time so it will look very much like it always had. Now, you've told us about the adult classes and the daytime classes. Tell us about the youth club activities. Our youth club has been doing some Zoom sessions while we've been closed, which is on a Monday evening and a Wednesday evening. That's our own youth club. We hope that they will be shortly um, starting on the 24th and all the activities that they offer the young people. And then in addition, we have on an alternating Thursday, we have a youth club for um, run for young people with Down syndrome by the Ups and Downs Society. They are going to come and join us as soon as they're able. And we also have Gateway who come on a Thursday evening who provide youth club for those young people and adults who have learning difficulties. It's um, a very, very active community hub and one that we'll be very, very pleased to uh, involve all our users and new clients to come along and uh, use the facilities, not just indoors, but of course we have outside, we've got five and a half acres of lovely grounds, including a multi-games area and um, uh, a grass area, which we use for football. And um, we have football training in the evenings. That will shortly be returned turning as well. If anybody wants to join a class or something, how do they get in touch with Tinnies? Anyone who um, who would like to get in touch with us to find out what's going on, uh, you can obviously phone us and there's an answer phone. But because we're all volunteers, um, that might take a little while for messages to be picked up. But of course, you can always email. Our email is info at S-A-Y-C-C. That stands for Sherbourne Area Youth and Community Centre, but it's S-A-Y-C-C dash tinnies dot org. And if you send an email uh, asking about what's going on and so on, we'll do our very best to put you in contact with the people who lead the, the individual groups. Hope perhaps we'll see one or two of you coming along and, and uh, those of you perhaps who re- run your own business. Might be an opportunity for you to look at the facilities we have on offer because we, we do have a, a hall, we have an upstairs room which is a good size. Thanks very much for that Sue and perhaps you can come back another time and tell us more about the U3A. For the moment, Sue Thomas-Peter, thank you very much indeed for all that information and for joining us on Sherborne Voices podcast. All that talk of activities has reminded me that when I went to have my eyes tested last week, I overheard a conversation between two people talking very enthusiastically about playing chess. 
and they were saying that there's no chess club in Sherborne. So I thought, let's just mention that and see if we can get somebody willing to start a chess club in Sherborne or one of the villages somewhere nearby. That would be a great idea. And if somebody does decide to set up a chess club, please let us know and we can tell people about it. I have a note here from the Oxley Sports Centre in Sherborne saying that from the 17th of May, i.e. from Monday just gone, indoor classes will resume, aqua classes will return, spectators will be allowed back on the poolside and you'll be able to sit inside at the coffee pod. Adult swim lessons and master's swimming can recommence and the rule of six will now apply when meeting people at the centre. So that's good news. And we've got another item that's coming up this coming Sunday, the 23rd of May, Brimpton House Gardens Open Day, uh, which is just outside of Yeovil near Odcombe. From 11 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon, you will be able to go and visit Brimpton House Gardens. Dogs are welcome. Owners should be on the lead, however, it says. Admission is adults £3 and children just £1. And any NHS workers who are not working, as they always seem to be, they'll get in free as a thank you. Just show your NHS ID. The admission fees go towards charity. There'll be tea, coffee, cold drinks and cake available. And there should be a raffle at 2pm. They're hoping. So that's this Sunday from 11 till 5, Brimpton House Gardens Open Day. As more and more events come on stream, we hope, and venues open up again, do let us know and we can give you a shout out on the podcast. The podcast is for people living and working in Sherborne and surrounding villages. So any items of interest would be very welcome. We want it to be not just about telling you about businesses and organisations that are doing things, but lovely stories, heartwarming stories, funny stories from people living and working in the area would be great. Tell us about the shops you remember that have long since gone. Is anybody still in touch with somebody they were at school with? Let us know. In future weeks, we're hoping to have a book of the month from the staff at Winston's, a wine of the month from vineyards, some tips from the Abbey Pharmacy health-wise, a few recipes, and I'm sure it will expand as time goes on and more and more people get to know about us. So please tell all your friends and family, if they're local, like our Facebook page, Sherborne Voices Podcast, and we're also on Twitter, at Sherborne Voices. Share and retweet our posts and encourage people to record an item for us. Any queries and any help with that, just get in touch. Sue at SherborneVoicesPodcast.com Some late news. Yetminster Health Centre is going to be shut tomorrow, the 20th of May, from 3.30 to allow for training. If you need medical advice or treatment during that time that they're closed, please call 111. And of course, in the case of a medical emergency, Call 999. On the positive side, however, the same Yetminster Health Centre is recruiting a practice nurse part-time and you could get more information at the surgery. The next Dorset Farmers Market in Sherborne will be on Friday, the 21st of May, 
from 9 till 1 o'clock, so don't miss that. And lastly, some very good news for the Sherborne Community Kitchen. They have received a donation of £6,451.62 from the NFU Mutual of Sherborne. So a very big thank you to the NFU Mutual for that, which will be very well used by the Community Kitchen, which is such a great organisation. One of the definite positives that's come out of the pandemic. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests, Susan Boyce, talking to us about the Scarecrow Festival in Milbourne Port, Grace Anderson from Sherborne Library, giving us the first of what I expect will be several updates, and Sue Thomas-Peter, telling us about the measures in place for health and safety now that they're open again at Tinney's Youth and Community Centre in Sherborne. I'll be with you again next Wednesday with another Sherborne Voices podcast. I do hope you can join me.